I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Number two, Gojo and Golden rolling along here. Plenty more to recap from Super Bowl 58. The Kansas City Chiefs, your back-to-back champions. The first time we've seen that since the 2003-2004 Patriots. We'll take a look coming up at the San Francisco 49ers offseason priorities, how they get back here as the betting favorites currently at DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll get to our all-weekend team and a little Vegas recap as we spent entirely too much time in the city of las vegas dad you're still there right now doing it from a dimly lit hotel room i don't know how you're functioning at this point i got home and for a week where i did not work out once i didn't even bring compression shorts and workout clothes around i didn't even fake the funk like i was going to during that week i got back home and felt like i ran a damn marathon my body is absolutely shot coming off for I was in six days in the desert. You're now going on over a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm on the eighth day. Yeah, it's uh, and I actually finally went to the the gym here at the hotel uh, to try and break a little bit of a sweat. And I walked in there, and basically everybody had the same idea I did. Everybody. I have never walked into like a hotel gym where everybody, every piece of equipment was being used. And that's kind of where it was. So I, I broke a little bit of a sweat and then I went and ate French toast and felt really good about myself. 
That a boy. That's balance. Life's all about balance, and that's well. They JJ had Watt, probably was... the most famous hotel. Wait, what? Yeah, no, I, I was going to mention. You know, that's the breakfast. Me and you, your mother was here for the first. You know, as you well know, the f- first three days, and they had the great like crunchy French toast, which we ate every day. I splurged every day on that, but uh, uh, it was phenomenal. But and to your point, I saw JJ Watt. What you were going to make before. Uh, before this game where he got booted out of his hotel gym at like seven o'clock at night. They said it was closed. I mean, who the hell, what, what closes in Las Vegas, whether it's a bar, a casino, a strip joint or a gym, what closes? He gets booted at seven o'clock at night out of a gym. Well, the place that he got booted out of is the one place that you named where they can't make money off of you during that week. So I can understand why Las Vegas, of all places, probably closes the gym because they're trying to bleed you dry there. Shout out to J.J. Watt, by the way, who, in addition to being a workout warrior during Super Bowl week, also apparently tried a new hairstyle off for the CBS halftime show (laughs) and got absolutely annihilated by the internet and thankfully was self-aware enough to go ahead and tweet about it after the game saying, uh, you ever feel like you ever switch up your hair and wonder if anyone will notice they notice. We all noticed JJ. And I have a feeling that early two thousands homage to NSYNC is probably going to go by the wayside after this. So, do you think that was his idea or his wife's idea? That that's the thing because, you know, I I got commented I got had this bomber jacket on and people were like, oh that's a nice jacket. I'm I'm they're like, where'd you get it? I said, are you kidding me? I have no idea. My wife got this for me. You know, she makes sure you know I try and look as as best I can. You know, when I'm out. So I'm wondering, was it JJ's idea? Do we think with the hair or somebody else's idea to try that style and like? Most guys or husbands, you just kind of go along with it and say, yeah, okay, I'll give it a go. I'm going to say, because I would generally think that clothing most often skews spouse decision when it comes to guys, and hair almost always seems like either the guy's decision or user error. It could have been one thing where there was an idea, (laughs) and then the execution is all of a sudden flawed. So I'm going to give all praise to his wife, Keely, who's a former NWSL player, and uh, probably have JJ wear this one on his side, which he took it in stride. Good for him, but thank you for addressing the elephant in the room, JJ, because, (laughs) wow, we all couldn't pay attention to any of the analysis because of that haircut. Um, Let's get to a moment that made our hearts race now as it's time for our heart racing moments presented by Bear Aspirin. Did you know heart disease risk factors such as diabetes or high blood pressure can increase your chance of heart attack by up to two times? Learn more and assess your heart risk factors at checkyourheartrisk.com brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. We had the final NFL game of the season, Dad. What was the heart racing moment for you, Super Bowl 58, as you took it in from the sidelines? Well, I, I would say it would have been the the muffed punt uh, when mm. Kansas City was punting to San Francisco. Ray Ray McLeod was deep for the punt. And as the ball was coming down, you could see him. It was a short, high punt, and he was coming up to catch. I was literally standing right directly, you know, parallel to him on the sideline. And you could see him start to run up for the ball and then stop and start to wave his arm in, in a fair catch mode. And or, or or the getaway, not fair catch, but the kind of the incomplete pass sign uh, that the ref would have, and he's yelling. Whatever word it is, poison, Peter, whatever, he's yelling it to his gunners coming down the field, basically saying, stop, move out of the way, because I'm letting the ball hit the ground. 
And one of them, I think it was Daryl Luter. I hope I'm saying his last name right. Daryl Luter Jr., who was coming down. And all the space in the world, the size of that ball in a 100-yard field, and that ball hit him right on the ankle. And Ray Ray saw it. You could see his reaction. He's like, oh, God, the ball hit his, hit his ankle. I got to go after it. And he tried to scoop it. And he missed the first scoop and ran by it because he tried to scoop it. His momentum took it past. And he turned to try and then jump on it. But Kansas City beat him to the punch, recovered it. A play later, uh, you got a touchdown pass in the red zone. That was the one red zone touchdown they had before uh, they got they got to overtime uh, because they were kicking field goals or fumbled early on. They got that off that turnover. That had to be an unbelievable heart racing moment. I've said football is a profoundly stupid game at its core where oh. you have all this planning and things that go on and the game largely ends up getting decided because the football is a weird shape and it bounces off a guy's ankle in a way that you least expect. That's a great one, Dad. I will go with the other red zone touchdown from the Kansas City Chiefs. Last play of the game, mostly because, like a lot of the rest of this game, we talked about it being a sequel. This was Dog Redux. The play that won the Chiefs the Super Bowl in large part in the last Super Bowl against the Philadelphia Eagles that we talked about where you would bring the wide receiver in motion looking like he was going to run across the field. He ends up stopping and going back out to the same side that he came from. This time it was McCole Hardman. Last year we saw with Kadarius Toney and with Sky Moore. But, Dad, Andy Reid and the Chiefs bringing back a play called Corndog to win the Super Bowl feels like absolute poetry given the nature of Big Red that we know is a man who's not afraid of the table. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you, you just have to love the play call there. And funny moment after the game, kind of how it works a little bit, being the NFL partner, Radio Westwood One, we kind of we were able to kind of get players before others, being an NFL partner, that which is nice, so you don't have to run around too much. So I, I talked to Chris Jones first after the game, who was just kind of walking around like, wow, you know, amazing what, what's going on for him. Um, so talk to him a little bit and then got to McCall Hardman, but, but Laura Oakman is on the sideline as well. She's the other sideline reporter for this game. And I can hear in my ear cause this is live. And obviously if she's interviewing someone, I can't interview my guy just yet. So I got McCall Hardman. It's me and the Nickelodeon camera and reporter, right? And, and they were Nickelodeon was very cool that they saw me with them and they were like, cool, you do your thing. But right as I was going to. Laura Oakman started interviewing Isaiah Pacheco. So I'm like, okay, Nicole, I said, uh, my other person just started an interview. We got a couple minutes, and I wave over. The Nickelodeon people are right here. I'm like, hey, Nick, you guys go ahead and interview him right now. And so he, I'm watching him talk to Nickelodeon while I hear Laura in my ear talking to Isaiah Pacheco, waiting for them to finish and waiting for Nickelodeon to finish before I grab him. It was just a kind of a funny turn of events there. But he was, I mean, I said, all I said to start off was very easy. Tell me about the play. Man, he went into about a minute description of this play. He was so excited talking about what he's doing on the route and what Travis Kelsey's doing on the route. And when the ball's coming to him and he sees Pat looking at him and throwing him the ball, it was just a great breakdown of the game-winning play of a Super Bowl from a guy unbelievably excited uh, to be there. A guy who, what, started out with the Jets and then who was with Kansas City, ends up on the, was on the Jets and then goes back to Kansas City and gets the game-winning touchdown in overtime.
Yep, that's uh, a perfect encapsulation of this Chiefs offense during this season and the parts that made them up. I know we've normalized a lot. It's got to be so wild for a player in the biggest moment of your life to put on the headset and likely get interviewed by animatronic Patrick Starr and SpongeBob SquarePants at the end of the game. The Nickelodeon broadcast, Noah Eagle, all those guys do such a great job of that game. Uh, Nate Burleson, who's been sensational in that role, they kick ass. Uh, they do. I mean, I love that Nickelodeon stuff. And what else is wild, too, because, you know, I hear the broadcast as well, and it's Kevin Harlan and, and Kurt Warner, and they get an MVP vote. So that it's interesting to hear, like, the, I'm hearing this in the breaks, you know, that they have to start thinking about an MVP. And, Mike, for a long while, it was Jawan Jennings. You know, so it, it's always like, you know, you talk during the week about, okay, we know who the stars are, but, but then, then the talk is like, okay, who's that guy that's not a star that may be the big person in the game, right? And you, you guess this guy and that guy. Juwan Jennings had, I think, 19 receptions the entire season. Had certainly uh, more, uh, more than a few in the postseason then. But for a while, he was a guy. If San Francisco was holding on to this game because we couldn't find anybody else at that point. Um, you know, he threw a touchdown pass the last non-quarterback, I think, to throw a touchdown pass uh, was not, now I'm, I'm drawing a, uh, uh, well, Nick Foles threw one and caught one uh, for Philadelphia. Jawan Jennings, non-quarterback, throwing one and that had a receiving touchdown as well. So that was the talk. He was, we, there was MV, big, big time MVP talk for him during a lot of that game. Yeah, it was a testament to just how evenly distributed a lot of that 49ers performance right. had been throughout a lot of that game. Juwan Jennings, by the way, I saw Matt Fortuna tweet this out, was the highest rated high school quarterback to play in this game. Coming out of high school, he was a quarterback prospect, as you and many others mentioned, but he was higher rated than Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy were coming out of high school as yeah. a prospect back ah. in the day. So, so I got to read the scouting report. Uh, and speaking yeah. of the scouting report, Dad, I want to go back and grade ours a little bit. We go in and do the Golic acrostic going in to every right. NFL weekend where we take a look at things. And for this Super Bowl, we kind of went through both sides and went through. For anyone that wasn't here or aware of the Friday Acrostic, we went G for game plan, O for one-on-one -on -one matchup, L for legacy, I for impact player, and C for chips all on the table. And Dad, going back, looking through grading the game plan and what we laid out for both sides to have to win, San Francisco largely did the job that they were expected to do, it right? Did. They leaned on the run yep. in a lot of key spots there. The defense did manage to get Kansas City off schedule and force a lot of one-on-one -on -one pass rush mashups with those offensive tackles. That They were winning a lot. The defense played the run a ton better. The offense distributed the ball, got CMC over 30 touches in this game. We mentioned Juwan Jennings. It's why it's so difficult as an eval, and I know this doesn't help 49ers fans, Dad, sitting here on a Monday after another excruciating Super Super Bowl loss, but there really wasn't outside of the special teams mistakes. There weren't a lot of actual mistakes that I can point to no. on offense or defense to say, yes, this is where you definitively lost this game. Well, that, that's why I said earlier on when I was talking to Kyle Shanahan, I said, coach, I really can't come up with a question of where did you lose this game? Because both teams had two turnovers, so that that you'd ever like to see for Casey. One was in the in the red zone and then Pat threw a bad interception. But yeah, I mean, for the for the most part, and and it was kind of following teams. We said teams are going to try and attack the middle of the field, you know, especially on passing. But the defenses were playing so well 
early on, especially against Travis, who likes the middle of the field, only had that one catch for so long, but then ends up with nine for 93 yards. I mean, he ends up having a major impact in this game. A lot of that in the middle of the field. That's where we thought a lot of the attacking was going to go on, and it was a defensive game early on before these offense started to click a little more. Yeah, uh, absolutely was the case there. And I don't know, Dad, it's funny looking back at our notes now because for Kansas City on the other side of this game plan, the thought was offensively we had pointed out how do they take advantage of the edges? We had seen a lot of other teams in the postseason, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, get over on uh, San Francisco on the edges, running a lot of those pin-and-pull edge runs. We only saw a handful of those from the Kansas City Chiefs. One of the plays ended up being that fumble by Pacheco to start the second half that lost them major yardage on first down, and they kind of stayed away. The screen game wasn't really working because Fred Warner was a full-on banshee, and then trying to run the ball with Pacheco. He was largely and that offensive line largely ineffective throughout a lot of that game, Dad. I was surprised they didn't go bigger on a lot of the runs, especially once Dre Greenlaw got hurt. We had seen them two and three tight end formations, big heavy inside zone runs or duo runs on the interior. Weren't really a lot of those. A lot of them were spread runs. A lot of them were those counter footworks that took a little while to develop. And the 49ers defense just smashed them up front. Yeah, they did. And then, like you mentioned on the other side, I, I had said or the, the, one of the stats during the week was uh, Kyle Shanahan as the OC in Atlanta and then the coach for the last Super Bowl in San Fran never had a back with more than 15 touches. And, I mean, in the first half, I think McCaffrey had 13 touches, ended up with 22 carries and, what was it, eight receptions, so 30 touches in this game. And they were running the ball well early. He had that. I mean, I think he only lost two fumbles during the year. So you look early on at their opportunities and they're driving on that first drive and he fumbles the ball. The next drive, they're just starting the drive out. And then a guy who was a walk-in Hall of Famer, and but in his first Super Bowl, and Trent Williams has a procedure penalty and then a holding penalty. So you want to talk about, and this was on second and 12, then it's second and 17 on the procedure, and then he gets a holding call, so it's second and forever. I mean, for for a team that had had been looking really good early on, you talk about missed opportunities. That's throwing a drive away when you're at second and 30-something or 27 or whatever it is. Uh, they, they, They were their own worst enemy early on in this game. No doubt about it. It was You're right. Two of their best players being the reason early drive stalled was not on the bingo card. Uh, that points directly to, by the way, they had the one-on-one matchups we talked about. I said Kansas City's linebackers versus that 49er backfield. Yep. And Christian McCaffrey, again, largely had a very good yep. day. The Kansas City linebackers didn't play bad, but Christian McCaffrey's one of the best players in the NFL. You can throw Juice in there as well, who, by the way, we talked about it last week, the most bet prop in Super Bowl 58 was Kyle Juszczyk over four and a half receiving yards. He, on the first reception that he had, hit the over on that, and I'm sure made a lot of people very happy. So that was one we pointed out here, Dad. You mentioned the linebackers on both teams, Fred Warner, Nick Bolton. I don't know, Fred Warner did a phenomenal job. He had one-on-one coverage on Kelsey down the stretch. It was the non-Fred Warner players in the middle of that field yep. against Travis yep. Kelsey that had a little bit of a tougher time. Fred Warner played his ass off, played a lights-out game by and large. He did, and and again, you look at the 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 absence of Dre Greenlaw, right? Who who blew his Achilles out early on, so you don't have one of the best duo linebackers that you have. You have one of those out. Fred Warner is a stud. I mean, absolute stud in this game. But you know, again, credit to credit to Kansas City as they continue their legacy. 
They do. And speaking of legacy, we talked about uh, Kyle Shanahan's legacy being the one with most at stake right. in this game. But, Dad, I, I understand there's going to be the stuff about, you know, the quotes about the San Francisco 49ers players not being as prepared for the new overtime rules, the decision Kyle made going into overtime to receive the ball so that they would have it on the third possession when it becomes sudden death. All of these things, but in general, I thought Kyle was aggressive in certain spots. That fourth down call at the end of the game was not normally how Kyle Shanahan operates. He's a much more conservative decision maker in those spots. He had the great trick play drawn up. He leaned on the run in the second half and late in that game. I can't see a ton of areas where there was that fatal flaw like we saw in the other two Super Bowls he was a part of. But what you look at is he had a lead, right? And he doesn't hold on to the yeah. lead. You know, the famous 28-3 to game lead as offensive coordinator of Atlanta, 10-point lead in this game. You know, there's going to be questions on why can't you hold a lead. In the three Super Bowls he's been a part of, Mike, seven that he's called, seven of 28 on third down. That's 25%. In this game, it was three of 12. So there's going to be – those are going to be the questions. When you're a team as good as you are and considered the best roster talent in the league – it's going to come down to things like that. You have double-digit leads, you can't hold on to them, and you're extremely ineffective on third downs. No, and that'll factor into a conversation we have coming up here about where they go from here, what the fix is for them. Finishing off the acrostic, Dad, impact players, you had Isaiah Pacheco, I had Legereus Sneed. Both solid games weren't the ones that were remarkable on either side of the ball. Mahomes obviously dominated the offense. I think Trent McDuffie ended up being more of the uh, story of the secondary yeah. for Kansas yeah. City with what he was able to do both in coverage and as a blitzer. But, Dad, I got to say, a Super Bowl pick for the score – I had 24-21 Chiefs. We ended up 25-22. Yeah. So I was off about a point, but saw the ball go through the basket pretty well on this one. Saw the picture clearly. Good job out of you there. And how about, what wasn't it the over under 47 and a half? And they scored 47 yep. points? I mean, come on. Wow. The yeah, script right was down in, to the right? wire. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The script had already been written, as I'm sure the NFL will continue to run with and hopefully make another great commercial out of. Coming up next, though, let's take a look at this 49ers roster and figure out, as the presumptive Super Bowl favorite, how do they improve? I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Dad, I don't think this stat is predictive, but it is interesting as we try and figure out the 49ers how they lost and where they go from here. 
Brock Purdy led the NFL in pass yards per attempt and passer rating is a couple of yeah. the categories he led during the regular season this year. He was right. sensational by and large. But after that loss last night, now the last four quarterbacks to lead right. the NFL in pass yards per attempt and passer rating in the regular season and make the Super Bowl have all lost. Brock Purdy this year, Matt Ryan in 2016, also coached by Kyle Shanahan. Right. And then the 07 Patriots and Tom Brady and Kurt Warner, your broadcast partner in the game, back in 2001. So that's a tough pill to swallow in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Do you know the last quarterback to win a Super Bowl with what Brock Purdy did? You mentioned the three that lost. The last one to win it, you said 2001, Kurt Warner. 1999, Kurt Warner. <laughs> he actually was the leader in those categories and won a Super Bowl. So he's on both ends of that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean – they were, as we said, they're the best roster and everybody kept talking. We, we talked all year, they're the best team and they just could not get over the hump. And I mean, it's another year of, as we always talk about, a team is going to change every year. It's just a matter of how much they change. What does this team have to do to get over the hump? They still last year are like, man, if we had our chance last year, if Brock doesn't get hurt, we think way to beat Philadelphia they'd have been facing the same team last year in the Super Bowl they just they just cannot get to the top of the mountain no and their head coach Kyle Shanahan was left relatively speechless last night after the game here was uh, the losing head coach on what his team's outlook is going forward there's nothing different to say. I mean, I don't care how you lose when you lose Super Bowls, especially ones you think you can pull off. Um, it hurts. But, um, I mean, I think, I don't know, when, you, when you're when you in the NFL, I think every team should hurt except for one at the end. Uh, we've gotten pretty damn close, but uh, we haven't pulled it off, and we're hurting right now. But it doesn't take away from how proud of our guys I am. Um, I'm real proud of them today, too. Um, that's part of sports. It's part of football. It's part of life. But, um Glad we put ourselves out there, and I love our team, and we'll recover, and we'll be back. We'll be back next year strong. Dad, we mentioned earlier in the show. According to DraftKings Sportsbook, they are the betting favorite to win Super yeah. Bowl Fifty Nine coming up next year already. And when you look at a lot of their key free agents coming up this offseason, Dad, Chase Young, who they brought over in the middle of the season from Washington, going to be up there, and a guy who, based on the vibes around that going into this game, played well in the Super Bowl, but leading up to yeah. that, hadn't felt great. Javon Kinlaw, one of their defensive tackles, former first-round pick of theirs, safety to Sean Gibson, linebacker Oren Burks, John Feliciano, and Ray Ray McLeod. But overall, Dad, none of those really true impact players right, for right. this team and a roster that has, in my mind, Dad, one more big year ahead of them, right? They've got to go all in on this next season because it's the last year that they get bargain bin Brock Purdy. This team has been one of the best rosters in the NFL. They've taken full advantage of a rookie seventh rounder's contract, and they've got one more year with everything as currently situated to run this back. They should absolutely be favored to win the NFC again and absolutely be favored to win the Super Bowl again based on who they bring back. It's not a difficult offseason, but it's the maddening question of how do you get better when you look in so many ways like the best? And, and like Kyle said there, he said there, he said the podium, he said it when I was talking to him, it's like, where do you look? I mean, it, it, it's so we, we question what they do in overtime by not deferring and seeing what Kansas City does. They took the ball. They went down and scored, right? They went down and kicked the field goal. Now, give Kansas City credit for holding them to a field goal once they got in the red zone and not in the end zone. But. If, if you're a 49er fan, you're like, we have the lead in overtime. Defense 
make a stop. I know it's Pat Mahomes. I get it. But you have a really good defense, good enough that you're all the way into the Super Bowl, so you have the lead in overtime. And and I know everybody's like, "Uh uh-oh, but it's only three and it's Pat Mahomes. I get it, but that's not a player mentality. Players are like, we got to go out and we got to get a stop. Now, I know the the last drive they were on the field was 11 plays, 64 yards, game time, field goal to overtime. But that's when someone's got to make a play, right? You got studs on that defense that someone has to make a play. And for Kansas City's credit, they're the ones that made the play, especially uh, especially Pat with his legs, kind of like in the NFC Championship game, Brock Purdy did with his legs. When they came back against Detroit, Purdy had a couple of big runs. In this one, it was Mahomes. But all that's said and done in this game, you have the lead in overtime, make a stop, and you're the Super Bowl champs. To the point about making a play, this 49ers defense had done plenty of that. They were tied for the NFL lead in the regular season with the Bears with 22 interceptions. So they had taken the ball away. They had been an opportunistic secondary. We mentioned the run defense was stellar during this game in a way that it hadn't been for a lot of the playoff run. And so... Dad, I'd say this, like it's largely cosmetic for them this offseason. I don't think they're going to bring Chase Young back unless it's at a really manageable number for them. I agree. And so finding another pass rusher opposite Nick Bosa is going to be important. And then the other thing is the looming Brock Purdy conversation gets really interesting, right? What they're going to do with his contract eventually if he does play another season like this. He's only in his second year. You'd imagine another year in a well coached team with all these good weapons. He's going to get even better as a young player who's going forward. But we also saw some of his limitations shine through in terms of hey, pressure up the middle of the pocket gets a lot of quarterbacks, but especially when you're the small quarterback, it can certainly have an effect. So I do think we talked about John Feliciano being a free agent, one of their interior guys. It puts a premium on them going out and making sure they fortify the inside of that offensive line because we saw against Aleem McNeil, against uh, Kenny Clark with the Green Bay Packers, and certainly against Chris Jones in the championship, when you've got interior rushers that can get in his face, it can alter and affect some throws in a way that for Pat Mahomes, and a lot of these guys that are physical freaks, it's less impactful than Brock Purdy, who even as well as he played is one of the best statistical quarterback in the NFL, is still every once in a while going to have his physical limitations brought up. And in this case, it's, I think, appropriate given some of the critical spots that got affected last night. Yeah, for Purdy, again, he signed a four-year deal. He just finished his second year. It's a four-year deal for about $3.7 million. So bargain, you know, bargain bin basement stuff there as far as what you're paying a quarterback. He's making like $900,000 a year. They can renegotiate it after this next year. So, like, that's where you mentioned the one more year. Yeah, what do you build around him? Quick note on Feliciano, the guard who was in there. So Debo Samuel goes down with a hamstring, right? And he's he's rolling around in pain. And we're all like, oh, my God, Debo Samuel. I'm standing on the 49er sideline as he walks into the blue tent. Doctors are in there looking at him. He comes back out ready to go. Uh, looks like he's looking for his helmet. Then they put him back in the blue tent again. All the concern over him and his hamstring. And he comes back out and he goes back on the field. Feliciano, a little later in the game, is writhing in pain on the field, hurt and grabbing his elbow. I mean, rolling around, writhing in pain. For an old lineman, that takes a lot because they're about the toughest crew on the field. So Feliciano walks off and goes into the blue tent. Mike, not one doctor went in there. 
No, nobody. Nobody. The only the trainer was in there, and and they weren't even looking at him. Feliciano was like, take the take this this. Uh, he had like a sleeve on. Take this thing or get it, get another one on there. And they put this big bulky brace on there. That was it. I mean, it's like duct tape, chicken wire, some WD forty, and get it back out on the field. It was hilarious. I mean, the difference in oh my God, Debo Samuel, let's go in there. What what's going on? Feliciano goes in there. <laughs> Only the trainers in there with him. Just put a brace on, come back out of the field. Absolutely hilarious. No respect, I swear. It is despicable <laughs> it the way something. the offensive line community is treated. But it's it's what happens when you follow the money in a lot of these instances. Debo Samuel yeah. is the money on that team. Yep, and yep. John Feliciano, unfortunately, is not. But he deserves better than that. And he should get a lot better <laughs> than that. And that's also it. I, I don't know, Dad, as we put a bow on it, the 49ers will be where everyone expects. But I just yeah, think yes. if you liked the brand of toxic conversation around a quarterback that went on this year with Brock Purdy as polarizing, when it comes time to pay that dude, it's going to get real funky out there in terms of what this team believes and actually thinks of him when it's time for dollars and cents to hit the table over a year from now. But in the meantime... They got one more bite at this. We'll see if they go all in, a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a la the Los Angeles Rams, and say, burn the boats. We got one more crack at this with the affordable quarterback where we can have one of the best, most evenly distributed rosters in the NFL, and we are going to do everything in our power to make sure that we get something out of that. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and it's time for our all-weekend team here. Uh, Dad, the best performers from all around the world of sports this weekend, and uh, since that world of sports was pretty small for our world here, it's going to be a pretty short listing of first team and second team for both of us here, and we're going to rock with the same ones. We're giving you the weekend off since you were busy calling a football game last night and probably didn't see much of what went on elsewhere, which, Dad, as we get to the all-weekend second team, basically goes to women's college hoops we had on the morning of super bowl sunday nebraska women's basketball hosting the number two ranked iowa hawkeyes and caitlin clark who we've talked about is in pursuit of the uh ncaa's all-time scoring record on the women's side looking to pass former washington husky great kelsey plum 
She is now eight points shy of that mark after 31 in a stunning upset loss. The sold-out Pinnacle Bank Arena for Nebraska. They get the dub over Caitlin Clark in Iowa. Dad, uh, some controversy, well, I shouldn't say controversy, some questionable decisions on the part of Iowa. As some people thought, they were kind of trying to game it and get Caitlin Clark fewer looks because they wanted right. her to break the record at home as they're going to head back to Iowa after this. But it ends up costing them down the stretch. And giving Nebraska credit, they were down double digits in the fourth quarter of this game, came back and found a way to win. And what's been a banner year for women athletics at nebraska in general you had the great volleyball match that went on in memorial stadium where the football team plays and now a sold out outing here as the caitlin clark show went on the road and uh the corn huskers found a way to get it done in the battle over corn's heart boy uh, yeah i tell you uh caitlin clark looked miserable after that game just and i and i get oh. it second ranked team in the country behind you know the ungodly good south carolina team which we'll talk about in a sec but they were they, they, they were just devastated by that loss. Caitlin Clark's going to get the record, but yeah, you're right. If you try and massage it so you get it where you want to get it, you know, obviously it ends up maybe costing a little bit. So kudos to Nebraska for that one. Yeah, it was the first time in Caitlin Clark's career where she played an entire fourth quarter without scoring. She was 0 of 6 from the field, tying her worst shooting output in a fourth quarter. So a uh, uh, brutal stretch there for her. But, Dad, like you said, we knew it was a formality. She's going to get the record, uh, as right. we talked about last time on Dragon Ball Z. She is doing the record in the same amount and actually fewer games than Kelsey Plum, who held the record at Washington. So she's going to be a deserving champion when this comes. This is a setback. But again, like you said, they trail only South Carolina overall. Caitlin Clark's been box office. We know what they're going to be at probably one of the teams last in the final four when it's all said and done. Surely a one seed. So it's... Uh, a setback and a great moment for Nebraska basketball and Nebraska athletics altogether. Dad, let's get to the first team, shall we? We've gone long enough. We are, what, an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes into the show? We haven't said Taylor Swift once. Taylor Swift, Dad, the first team all weekend performer, comes into this football season, her first season in the NFL, part of a Super Bowl winning outfit here. Everyone tried to make her out to be the distraction. Everyone wanted to make her out to be the problem. And instead, Travis Kelsey goes out and has a banner postseason for the ages. We have love and support gracing our television screens at all times before, during, and after the game. We're getting great celebration shots of them now at the Chiefs postgame party. The DJs are playing Taylor Swift songs. They're making uh -huh. out here. What an incredible run from the most famous pop star in the world who made her way all the way from Japan over to Las Vegas for this game we talked about the 13 math that went into this and so dad the only thing left to ask is did you do your job did you do your homework we asked you if the Chiefs won to be ready down on the field to try and do your best to get in front of Taylor Swift were you uh, able to do it all right so the oh, the, dot, the the short answer is no and there's a reason why now again being with Westwood One, a partner of the NFL, we do get special places we get to go. And one of those places is where the trophy ceremony is, the cordoned off area where, you know, the stars are and their families. So the only problem is, is after Laura Oakman, who was on the sideline with me, interviewed some players right after the game, I have to go inside to the losing team's locker room area because I interview the losing head coach for Westwood One. So I go inside. So while I was inside, the whole Taylor-Kelsey thing was right out there with Laura Oakman, right in that area where she was allowed to be. 
by the time Kyle came out, he talked with CBS first, then he talked with me, then I went back on the field. She was already gone. She was already gone. So the two people that I wanted to see was her and Post Malone in the beginning after he sang God Bless America, which was fantastic, by the way. Didn't get to see him either. So I struck out, Mike. I absolutely struck out. A simple no could have done the trick. That sounds like a lot of excuse making is what we just got out of you there. It sounds like an awful lot of excuse making. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. But the job, I had a job to do. Okay? I had a job. Sure. I had a job for the Super Bowl, and I had to do my job. You know what? Playmakers make plays. That's what it comes down to here is there's yeah, plenty yeah, of guys. Yeah. We see it every Sunday in NFL games where the play's drawn up a certain way and a guy who looks at it and goes, hey, you know what? I know what I'm supposed to do here, and I know what I need to do here to ultimately get the job done. And you could have stepped up and made a play, and instead you chose to just go and run here. the play as executed here, and now we're punting on fourth down. So Taylor Swift wasn't going to happen because I, was, I, I had to be off the field for Kyle Shanahan. My mistake on Post Malone, I didn't go to the proper spot to see him come on and off the field. And if I were to give quickly my all week, and it would be during the game and it would be halftime, uh, second team would be Usher dancing and her on guitar. That was phenomenal. And then first would be Post Malone's God Bless America, which I, him and the guitar, I thought, again, was absolutely fantastic. That's where I will chastise myself. I was not in the right position and by the time I was trying to get there, they had put all the, the stuff they were putting out for the teams, you know, to, to run out for the introduction and all of that. That was still up, so I couldn't cross the field at that time. I'm making excuses now. All That was my fault. I should have been in better position for post, and I wasn't. It was a pretty famous crowd there overall. They showed Lady Gaga on the crowd. Beyonce and Jay-Z were there as well. Yeah. There were a bunch of LeBron was in the crowd. And then obviously the trio that we all saw on the broadcast in the booth for a lot of the game, the Kelsey family all up there with Taylor Swift, Blake Lively, who's one of her closest friends, and Ice Spice made the the interaction watching Jason Kelsey meet Ice Spice for the first time was about as wholesome as you could imagine. That's again like unlikely animal pairings in the wild. Getting those two in the same roof. Always felt unlikely, but a very wholesome interaction there as she was part of the trio watching up in the box with the Kelsey family. It, it is it. I mean, it is also down on the field. It is the most you know, scrutinized of anybody getting on the field. Like I have a pass that, that uh, obviously a credential that I can be on the field and all that. And I have to wear an armband as well uh, as during the game to be on the sideline. So, so, you know, ushers and security people can see, they want to look and be able to see it, it must be nice to be those like Jay-Z, who, who, you know, I, I was right by on, on the sideline there. Jay-Z, I, I believe, had a pass. I think I looked and I saw a little bit of the lanyard sticking out of his pocket, but he wasn't wearing it. He had nothing on that would designate him to be on the field. Yet, who's stopping him? And if you do stop him and try and turn him away, oh boy, why would you do that? I mean, there are certain people that could just walk around with nothing, never get a credential, and just walk wherever they want. Jay-Z was one of those guys. <laughs>
Uh, level of fame unlocked, no yeah. doubt about yeah. it. And Taylor Swift also in that group. Congratulations to her. Congratulations to Swifties who joined along the ride yes. and have now seen yeah. how easy it is to just be great at everything in the NFL. Nothing is actually hard in this league. It is a joke. And you just get to roll the ball out here and play like this. So I'll ask you, Mike, you're the Swifty. You're, you're into, I, I, like I said, I enjoy her music, as a, but you're way more into her. Do you think... This offseason, there will be an engagement. Uh, I don't know, and I'm not going to put that on them. I'm going to let the kids have fun right now. <laughs> what I can say is, man, is it's wholesome content. We enjoyed getting to see it. It looks genuine. You saw them blowing kisses yeah, to each yeah. other from the podium. And, and I think... For a lot of Taylor Swift fans, the reason this went so mega viral, she didn't need the NFL for popularity, but we got to see a different side of her through all of this, where she looked as comfortable and as normal to the outside world as anybody who is decidedly abnormal can possibly look. So congratulations, Taylor Swift and Swifties. You are Super Bowl champions. All right, time for this, that, the third. Three quick stories to finish off your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review us. Leave us a five-star rating and check us out live Monday through Friday. We're back 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, live here each and every day on the DraftKings Network, DraftKingsNetwork.com, Samsung TV Plus, Roku, and plenty more spots there. Uh, Wall-to-wall coverage today. No guests because we had plenty to get into here. But if you miss any of the show or our coverage, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast or available right here on the DraftKings YouTube channel as soon as we get done. And, Dad, you're still getting ready to leave Las Vegas right now. You got one more morning in Sin City before you get to hit the airport. But we were all out there for about a week. Thank you to everybody at Vegas Stats and Information Network, DraftKings Network, who all showed up and showed out to make it an awesome week for us there. We got a little best of of our time in Las Vegas. Take a look and listen. From Sin City, wow. Radio Row, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. I am available for any kind of paid appearances because I am already in the hole. You and I both got to take in Super we Bowl did. opening night. This game is a sequel from four years ago. Do you have a favorite sequel? Have you seen the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Yes, I have. What is your favorite sequel? Pitch Perfect 2. You just became my favorite player. What is the secret to winning Radio Row? Preparation is key. He's saying you look 34. I don't think anyone's saying that. <laughs> <laughs> get to talk football and that's what this week is it's weird to me the way that people view brock purdy this whole idea that he's a system quarterback is ridiculous starting to put the foot all the way down on wow. the gas here at radio row you hear my voice i've been going out since 5 30 this morning this is a crazy week to be around justin how's the week going for you so far i'm excited to be here Nakua, the Rams star rookie wide oh, receiver who's going to ask you if you remember me as a teammate i remember him very very distinctly uh, yes Super Bowl's in your backyard right now you're king of the hill there's a lot of things going on around the city so it's just great to it's a piece of art what you guys are making every day. Uh, wow. Certainly, uh, again, thank you to everybody from DraftKings who made this all possible. It was a phenomenal week. Some awesome guests in the mix. Dad, did you have a favorite? It's hard to go away from the energy of Puka Nakua. He was such a delightful young man and makes you feel really good about the Rams' future. But we had so many great guests come through, including as oh. he copped to your former teammate, Dan Marino, who did, in fact, remember you. Yeah, I mean, my God, come on. Seriously, you're going to ask him that. But uh, listen, first and foremost, uh, our DK family, what what everybody behind the scenes did, that was you and I had been at ESPN a long time doing these things. And 
what DK did in only their second year there was as good as any network out there as far as as presence, stage, guests. So, you know, you and I got to be in front of the cameras for this mic and microphones, and we were lucky there, but it was really the behind-the-scenes people that did all the incredible work there. Puka Nakua was, because, you know, a decent amount of those guys we had had before uh, at, at times over the years, Puka Nakua was just, you want to talk about a guy who just took the world by NFL world by storm, just so happy to be there and just excited. It was very, very cool to see. I want to ask you real quick. One of the things I noticed on the sideline as the national anthem is playing, I'm sitting there as a someone working the Super Bowl. Again, I never got close, never got past the divisional round and I got chills and they show Chris Jones with the tears rolling down his face. If I were in that game, I don't think there's any doubt I would have been crying at the national anthem. And I'm wondering, I'm trying to remember back when you played in the national championship game, the biggest game in college football and the national anthem was playing. I know you can get emotional. Did you cry? No, I, I always said I was way too Didn't. calm before a game where I was about to get my ass kicked, but we were, we were so prepared and I was so locked in at that point. I always kind of had my same little rhythms during the national anthem. Even now when I call games, I kind of have the same like ebbs and flows and cadences to when I'm listening to the anthem and getting ready. But I was so locked in at that point. There was no room for emotion. I remember it being really quiet and then getting very right. loud. And that's about Well, also I actually, I should say, no, listen, I'm completely misremembering this. I was real quiet before the game. We weren't on the field for the national anthem for our game. Zach Brown did the oh, national right. anthem. And right. I remember being really bummed. We weren't actually out on the field for that game. So I'm just thinking of the moments before kickoff. But no, we were not actually on the field for that one. So I didn't get the chance to cry at the anthem. Yeah, I, I saw a few people get emotional. I thought to myself, man, if I was standing there in uniform, national anthem before the Super Bowl, I, I think tears would have been rolling down my face. It's just a, a great kind of moment to catch with these players. Yeah, pretty surreal. There's no doubt about that. Uh, speaking of surreal, Dad, let's get to that and the experience that is the Waste Management Open in Phoenix. We got to take that in last year when the Super Bowl was in Arizona during that same week, and I got to go out and see it for the first time. I'd never been to the Waste Management Open, and it's the most rowdy weekend in golf. It's famous for that 16th hole. It's a giant party. You see everyone throwing beers on there. Guys are taking their shirts off a whole deal. This weekend went a little bit differently, Dad. You guys yeah. live out in Scottsdale for half the year, so you're used to seeing a lot of what goes on around this tournament and between the weather that suspended play for a little bit there that looked like a nightmare and some of the pushback from players this year. I wonder if lines were finally crossed as we saw more yeah. than a few players. Hell, they even had to cut off alcohol sales for a little while because the fan behavior got even too rowdy by this tournament standards. Do you see any changes coming for this tournament based off this Well, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think they're going to have to crack down a little more it got a way I mean again I wasn't there we were here but you know with with your mother being there the back half of the week and Sydney and Ben filling us in filling me in on what's going on there and and the local news on what's happening it did seem like it it, it really happy Gilmore right I mean there's the fun happy Gilmore and then there's the over-the-top happy Gilmore a shooter saying you people go back to your shanties you know and it seemed like it got there a little bit uh you know it guy because it rained a lot and it was wet and cold guys sliding down hills getting beer poured on them like we showed there in the video it got out of hand the golfers know this one's a little different in fact there are some golfers that won't play in this tournament because yeah. of it but others take it in stride knowing they're going to get booed on the 16th that they don't hit the green and blah 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 but this one went a little far 
uh, for some of the golfers who who shot back on social media a little bit on this one. So I would imagine while this is the one, the PGA, we know they let go a little bit. I, I would think they're going to pull back on a little bit coming next year because at the end of the day, you want everybody to have fun. The golfers seem to take it in okay. But when it starts to cross the line and your guys, your employees are starting to really kick back on it, you may want to pull back on the reins a little bit. Yeah, Zach Johnson, Billy Horschel, Jordan Spieth all getting into it with fans who were yelling during guys' backswings or their backswings. And so uh, you're right. There's a line for everything. And we're wondering if this tournament finally found a way to cross it, which seems more impressive than anything else yeah. given the high threshold yeah. there. Uh, Dad, let's get to the third. We mentioned the Super Bowl is such a big game. It comes with so many different calls. You're on the radio call with Westwood One. Obviously, there was the CBS call with Romo and Nance in the booth. We had the SpongeBob and Nickelodeon call that had, you know, uh, Noah Eagle, Nate Burleson, yeah. SpongeBob, and Patrick Starr in the mix as well. But every once in a while, you get one of the international calls that just brings a different level of energy. The final play, a walk-off game-winning touchdown. Corndog reducts the play that wins it all for McCole Hardman here. And I have to say, the best-sounding call probably for me was the Korean call. Take a listen to this. The international language is energy, Dad. For a moment yeah. like that, and you know this, you've been a broadcaster for over three decades getting all of that emotion into the call. You felt how big it was there. So kudos to the broadcast team on that for making that sound as big as it was in the moment. Yeah. At the beginning of that sounded like the goal, the long extended goal call yes. the way that they were calling that touchdown. You just love the excitement. I mean, it, it was, listen, it's the biggest game of the year. It comes down to overtime and one play to win the game. So that's very cool. I'd imagine that call is going to get a whole lot of play on different shows around the country for sure. I'd imagine so, because no matter what language you speak, that final play and that moment the Chiefs drive reduced us all to just putting our hands on our head and screaming at the top of our lungs because Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs just keep getting away with this. Congratulations to that crew. They are your Super Bowl 58 champions. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. One more.